Welcome to the Hustle With Us podcast, episode number one. For everyone out there listening who is new to Hustle, Hustle is the number one athletic training app out there today for coaches and players. So if you don't have the Hustle app already, download it today in the App Store or through Google Play, or visit our website at www.hustletraining.com, or visit us on Twitter or Instagram at Hustle With Us. I'm your host, Craig Mushino. And with me is the founder and CEO of Hustle, Matt Michaud. So Matt, we just finished recording with Nick Novak, a professional basketball player. Matt, what did you think of our conversation? Nick has a lot of great insights on what it means to be an undersized player. He's a point guard, he's six foot tall, which means that as a human being, that's pretty tall. But for a basketball player, not so much. He's had to do a lot throughout his career in terms of getting to the bucket, using his body, create contact, using different shots like the pull-up jump shot to get open looks. For any point guard who's out there listening who wants to get better, uh, listen up because there's a lot of great drills and insights that, that Nick brings here. Yeah, I thought Nick had just really strong energy in the podcast. I'm looking forward to everybody hearing this. I especially liked how he talked about his evolution, talked about his high school experience, the type of coaching that he got, the types of things that he could get away with then that he couldn't get away with in college, the types of training that he did going into college, and then talking about that, making that transition to the pros. Um, I think that was really cool. We'll get right into that podcast with him now. All right, Nick Novak's here. Um, Nick's a pro player out of Oviedo, Spain. Nick, thanks so much for being here with us. Hey, thank you for having me, man. Good to be here. Yeah, great. Uh, really excited to talk with you today. So let's get right into some of the questions that we've got for you about your experience as a pro player. Um, you know, and so let's just kind of kick things off for those people listening at home. Can you give us some background on yourself? Uh, I'm a Pittsburgh kid. I'm from uh, Murraysville, Pennsylvania. Um, grew up, played high school basketball at, uh, at Franklin Regional um, in Western PA. Uh, followed up by I played uh, Division II basketball in college at the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. And uh, this past season, when I finished up in Spain, that was my um, that was my fifth season as a European pro. Right now, just a lot of uh, working out uh, in the summertime, um, staying in shape, trying to continue to play basketball as long as I can. Uh, at Hustle, we've got a lot of high school players and coaches that are out there listening. So kind of let's take it back to when you were in high school. What did you do to get better? How did you become a better player when you were in high school? Going into my freshman year, even my goal, my goal personally was to start varsity. Number one thing, I think this goes for anybody, but I was, I was at everything. If I was hurt, I was still there. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to make sure people knew that I was, you know, committed, but, um, as far as what I was working on, I was smaller. I'm still right now. I'm six foot, 185 pounds. You know, on a good day, <laughs> my thing was I was I was a super late bloomer too. So I, I had to figure out you know what I needed to to do to combat that stuff because uh, not that this is the NBA level or anything. It's, it's high school basketball, but I was a lot smaller than everybody else. So I had to figure out a way. Sure. Um, I had to figure out a way to to produce at the, at that level without being you know, an older, stronger upperclassman. But um, one thing I did was I worked on a lot of pull-up jump shots in the middle of the paint and a lot of floaters, a lot of mid-range stuff. 
I did a lot of it on my own. I was, I, like I said, I was at everything for the school team. My dad always harped on me <laughs> my whole life. You know, I did all kinds of stuff, but I, I got in the gym on my own and, you know, worked on anything and everything that I could to, to figure out what I needed to do to play at that level. Size was kind of a limitation, but you knew how, you, you know, you knew the types of things to focus on to compensate for that. That sounds like right. uh, what you were saying. Right. Right. Even, I mean, eighth grade is still, I wasn't the biggest kid in eighth grade, but um, I, I, I was always good at getting to the basket and stuff. And then uh, even in high school, you know, it, it changes a lot. You get bumped off of your, off your drive. You have to, you know, get your shot swatted a couple of times in those first couple summer league games. And you say like, okay, you know what? I need, I need to figure something else, something else out. You know, you can't, can't do the same things that always, worked because you know guys are going to be bigger than bigger and stronger than you so uh just like I said my my dad took me to everything every every single summer league game we had and you know he's he's a basketball mind so he kind of said hey quit trying to get to the basket every time you got to stop and take that little mid-range pull-up or take a floater or something Mm -hmm. and then you know once it started working for me I I got addicted to it and just I I decided that that was my that was my thing I was going to work on throughout you know, especially my early years of, of high school is I shot thousands of thousands of thousands of, you know, tossed the ball to myself, one dribble pull up right from right, right around that foul line area. Nick, looking back on your high school career, can you bisect the in-season preparation versus the off-season preparation? What are some different things that you did during the summer versus in between games? During the summer was a lot more, I would say, drill drill aspect. You know, even I, I remember going to a lot of stuff. Uh, the 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 summer open gyms. We did a lot of skill work. Is basically that's what it comes down to for at at any level. I think you're getting a lot of your skill work in in the summertime, and then when you get to the end of the season, yeah, you're going to have certain certain drills to do certain things. But I think everything has to be a lot more tailored to to gameplay, um, especially with you know, more than one guy. Like, I think you have to work on things in, in groups of three or four and then eventually build up to, to five on five. Now, of course, you're still going to do some skill stuff, a lot of shooting, a lot of drills like layup drills, just stuff to get everybody involved so guys aren't standing around. But in the summertime, I just feel like you're in small groups a lot. So you get a lot more reps of ball handling. Um, if you're doing moves at a chair, or cone drills, you know, those types of things, which, you know, in a way too, that's, that's great for if you have the, the mindset that you want to work on something on your own. You know, you can get your drills set up and you can get in the gym and do them on your own because you don't need all those guys to work on your individual skills. You know, you can do that stuff during the season. You know, a little plug for Hustle. Yeah, a lot of those drills that Nick was just talking about, you can find there on the Hustle app. So download it today. Nick, moving from high school to college basketball, was there anything that surprised you? Anything that caught you off guard in that move? <laughs> Probably a funny story. Probably one of the biggest one of the biggest things that you have to kind of adapt once you get to college is, you know, you, I can talk about a lot of obvious things there as far as um, oh, it's a little bit faster. You know, the the, the plays are a little more complex. Um, the D you have to play better defense, stuff like that. But uh, probably one of my favorite things thinking about going to college was um, when I came out of high school. Uh, I averaged, I led the WPIL in scoring. I averaged thirty points a game. And I got wow. to college. Uh, I knew I knew a couple guys that were going to be on my team from the Pittsburgh area. You know, my coach had offered me uh, really, really early. He, he said, hey, man, just go for your Division One shot. If you don't get it, you know, come here and I'll give you the ball. And um, I remember, you know, freshmen move up to college 
about a week early before everybody else gets there. So, you know, I get to school, meeting a lot of people, telling them I'm going to be on the basketball team, 30 points a game. Okay, yeah, all this stuff. And then uh, finally, a lot more teammates, uh, a lot more teammates start showing up. And um, now I, I, I didn't know. I had gone up on a visit and watched some games and stuff. I didn't, you know, personally know everybody that was going to be on the team. And uh, uh, I'm at a, I'm at outside my dorm room one night. There's people you know, college kind of hanging out, talking outside. One of these guys comes up and he's on the team. You know, I, I, I heard of him. I, I played with him before just getting to know him personally. And he starts, you know, we're excited about some of the new guys. I heard one of the guys coming in scored like 30 points a game. Or so I said, yeah, that was, that was me. He says, that was you. This is uh, Danny Branch, about six foot four from inner city, DC, really, really big high school conference he played in. He'd been in college for about two years. And I'm thinking he's going to say, like, oh, cool, great. glad to meet you. I can't wait to throw you the ball. You know, first first thing he says to me is he says, I can't wait for practice because he says, you're not scoring one bucket on me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, the competition uh, started right away. Right, right. Uh, and one of the things I think you have to learn right when you get to college is that especially college guys compared to incoming guys, if you want to expand from your team onto other teams, literally no one cares what you did in high school whatsoever mm-hmm. because there's a there's been guys that have been doing it at the college level that's it's a whole different ball game you know it's a lot more better basketball and for any advice for anybody who's um going from the high school level to college or even college to professional level you know something to keep in mind is you have to have that same mindset to, to show up and you know prove something and to show up and and prove that you can play with uh with better guys than what you were doing because Quite frankly, you know, no no one cares what you did at the level below you. Yeah, yep, it's a fresh start. So, yeah, so talking sure. about um, talk about coaching. Um, you know, you've had experience in a number of different levels, um, but let's uh, specifically talk about the type of coaches and the type of coaching that you get in high school compared to the type of coaching you get in college. Big a big difference for sure would be the execution, what's expected of you as far as what you have to know. High school, there are certain things that are, are not accepted at, at the college level, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, high, high, high school coaches, you know, they're not, they're, they're not going to let you go out there and mess up any plays or they're not going to be that happy about it. But um, in high school, you can get away with certain things, uh, especially if certain guys are a little bit more talented. And that's as far as, uh, breaking off a play or, or, you know, maybe making certain decisions. There's a lot more expected of you at the college level. There's going to be a lot better players, a lot better athletes, athletes at the college level. So mm-hmm. you can't kind of go off on your own tangent and say, um, kind of like how we said from moving up to the next level, if something used to work for you in high school, like maybe breaking off a play a little bit earlier or taking a quick shot that you're comfortable with uh, at the college level, with a shot clock um, and those kind of things, a little bit more pressure to say, hey, we got to make good decisions and we have to execute things the right way, the best, get the best shot we can, you know, not, okay, we're going to get another one the next time and, you know, we'll probably get an open look next, next possession and it's not as big of a deal. It's each possession counts a little bit more um, due to the higher level. So I think college coaches are, if you're kind of have your own agenda or, you're not focused and you're making a couple mistakes. Um, 
that's not just offensively, that's defensively too. You're just expected to uh, to execute at a higher level. If they if they tell you something, it's because you need to get it done and not like, oh, I saw something else. You know, you need to you need mm-hmm. to execute a certain way. Now, from a skills development standpoint, what's it like in college versus high school? What the coaches drive home that just isn't available or, or kids don't think about? Especially during the season is the amount of shooting that they want you to get in. And in high school, you're almost not overachiever, but, you know, getting in, getting some extra workout on the gun, um, getting lots of shots up and, and, and things like that. That's like, oh, okay, like this guy really wants to shoot. But during college, I, I know certain programs that they're, you know, every player on the team is expected about, you know, they want to need to get an extra, you know, on their own outside of scheduled practice times, uh, getting about like 500 makes in per week. And wow. college, they'll chart that, you know, they'll put that, they'll put that on the board, you know, who's making more than, who's making more than uh, the next guy and stuff like that. But uh, where I played, we never had something that specific, but it was an everyday thing. Like you need to stick around and get some extra shots up or um, there was stuff built into practice that we were getting game shots up um, outside of, like I said, the drills or, or the game, like the scrimmage uh, during practice. But, um, you know, also, I mean, just guys that, Hey, guys that want to play more or guys that maybe it's your go-to guy that's in a little bit of a slump, but, uh, uh, shooting was a huge, a huge, huge thing too. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, that's, <laughs> that's the name of the game is putting the ball in the basket. So more reps, more shots, more makes, you know, it was just much more emphasized in, in college. All right. So fast forward, you've had a successful college career. You graduate, you step off a plane after you signed your first contract. You're going to play pro basketball in Europe. What's that like? It wasn't a com- a complete surprise as far as what I was stepping into, but it was a lot different down the road because I was actually lucky enough to play on a, a tour um, in college. We went over to Belgium and we played like eight, we played like eight to ten days. Like we played four or five games and. Um, I had went on that trip with all American guys. So guys from like five, six different schools and we had a team and we did a little bit of a tour. And that was one of the most fun experiences of my life. Um, we were playing ball and that was, it was honestly like Euro trip. Like it was like, uh, <laughs> it was like senior week, but like just in college now and we were in Europe, it was a lot of fun. So fast forward that past my senior season now, you know, I was, I couldn't wait to play basketball overseas. It was, you know, one, a personal goal, but I was like, man, Europe is awesome. Um, That was so much fun. Like, I can't believe what I'm about to go experience. So when I get off the plane, um, you do get a little shell shock when you're by yourself because that was completely different than being with that team. You know, I get off and I'm like by myself trying to figure out like how to get my bag, like how my, uh, how my phone is supposed to work. Um, I don't have like seven other American guys with me. I don't have a coach with me or anything. I'm just by myself uh, waiting for, um, I'm, I'm waiting for the owner of my team to pick me up at the airport. And uh, mind you, I don't know what this guy looks like. So I'm just kind of, you yeah. get a little bit of a, not to shut anybody down from wanting to play professional basketball, but you get a little of a sinking feeling like you're stuck on an island somewhere because you're like, oh boy. Like I have to figure this all out on my on my own, and then uh, to touch back on 
it not really being Euro trip anymore. I ride back with this German <clears throat> guy that I just, that I just met. Um, he takes me to my apartment, like make sure everything is good. And he says like, okay, like, I just want you to get settled in. This is at about 8 AM in the morning. He says like, walk around town, find your way. And then, um, he says, we have practice tomorrow night at 6 p.m. It's right up the street. He says, you walk about a half a mile up the street and make a right. And that's our gym. He said, I'll see you there tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit different. You're, you were, you're on your own and uh, you have to figure out yeah. a lot of things. You have to figure out a lot of things on your own. It's kind of like, what do I do all day now? <laughs> what yeah, do I do with not myself? Only, not only, yeah, not only all that day, but all the next day until I had to go to practice for the first time. But, um. After that, after that, you, you know, that was the preseason. But then during the season, you get into a lot of, uh, you you have a full schedule of practice twice a day, uh, games <clears> on the weekends, travel for away games and stuff like that. But um, it is not uh, my my first experience. It is not Euro trip at all. You are you are now working. This is your this is your job, and your job is to go over there and be bored and be ready to go to practice. So, so let's talk about your game today. You know, what, what would you say are the strengths of your game and how have they evolved over time? Probably the biggest, the biggest strength in my game right now would be scoring out of the pick and roll. A reason that that's evolved is so much from the pro game. I could make things happen in college with the pick and roll, but in high school, I played one-on-one for the most part, and that's not just walking the ball up the floor. That's just catching it somewhere and, and, and making a play, you know. But the pick and roll is so – it's so big in Europe. It's it's an understatement to say it's so big. It's like uh, you don't function without it. It's, it's every – it's every game, every quarter, you know, every second is, is a pick and roll in some way, shape, or form. So um, sure. the reason that that – the reason that that works out for me, though, is because um, – I have uh, probably the best aspect of my game outside of that is the pull-up jump shot. So there's a lot of defenses that a pull-up jump shot out of a pick and roll is really deadly. So it's something that I did well in high school and college, translated into the pro game. And that's the reason, you know, I've been blessed with the opportunity to play is because that's something that I can do well. And also how much I've been doing it now. I mean, I'm a point guard too, so I pass pretty well out of it. Just how much I do it, it's it's incredible how much I've noticed that that I've gotten better too. So in this day and age, players, coaches are looking for any kind of edge that they can get their hands on. Do you use technology in prep for practice and prep for games? And if so, what kind of stuff do you use? Hustle is kind of the only thing of its kind that I could you know relate with as uh, as far as training, other than maybe finding something on YouTube uh, or maybe a highlight that I saw or, you know, just searching, like kind of <laughs> weeding through all the, through all the things. But as far as having something organized uh, that can keep track of what I'm doing and is easy to use rather than like finding something randomly and maybe trying to write it down. Um, that's probably the first thing that I've, I've encountered that I used as far as technology without, without counting like, the gun or something, which is really more equipment, you know, just because it keeps track of your shots and stuff like that. But other than that, you know, I used to just ask to get on the gun all the time, but technology wise, you know, the app is pretty much the only thing that I've come across in my, uh, in my experience. Before we wrap up, um, we wanted to ask our rapid fire five questions. So you ready for that? 
Yeah, I hope I'm ready. All right. Here we go. What's your favorite defense drill? Remember when you asked me, like, what my best aspect of my game was? Sure. Defense is not – it's not near the top of that list <laughs> at all. So, um, yep. There's a good one that we did in college. It's just three on three. It was – I liked it because of uh, – I liked it because of the intensity of it. But we called it four mm-hmm. on four baseline drive. And it basically starts with the um, – starts with the ball in one corner. And you just have to swing it around the perimeter. And then the four guys on defense, you just have to shift with the ball. But the guy in the opposite corner, um, he has to let his guy beat him to the baseline, and then you have to help mm-hmm. you have to help and recover from all the positions for there from there. Which nice. difficult drill, but especially in college when you get like your teammates and you kind of get the right group and everybody gets uh, gets fired up. It's really it's really competitive. Yeah, I'll bet I'll bet it's good for conditioning too. Yeah. So sure. okay, question number two. What separates great players from the rest? In a way, it's your, your attention to detail and doing it, doing it more times the right way than everybody else because, you know, every, every good player can go out there and, and make a, a play or even something at a high level, maybe a lucky play, but guys who are great work on doing it at the highest level every single time that they do it. Um, Something that I even, when I help train kids, something I say is, you know, whenever you do a drill, each rep, each dribble should be harder than the last one that you do. And I think the guys, you know, whoever you could see at the top of the game right now, I think everything that they do, they're doing it at the highest level, you know, every time. They're never just going through the motions. I hear you're a bit of a sneakerhead. Um, do you have a yeah. favorite sneaker? <laughs> favorite sneaker? Favorite? How about favorite basketball sneaker to play in? Okay, that's time? good is the Nike Kobe 11 low. And I'm really disappointed because like they don't make them anymore because Kobe retired. Um, yeah. They only make collector's them. item now. Yeah. They call them the Kobe. They call them the Kobe ADs now, which is, that's amazing. Uh, that's an amazing uh, marketing tool right there. The Kobe AD, if you think about that, what they're kind of, <laughs> saying about Kobe yeah. <laughs> in my in my opinion in my opinion Kobe has the best basketball shoes even out of anybody with a with a signature shoe because his were just like the they were the best to play in because you could tell that Kobe put that extra um no 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 these need to function a certain way not just look a certain way you know yeah yeah but Kobe nice. 11 low for sure my favorite of all time <laughs> All right, everybody try and uh, find a pair of those, maybe on eBay. Right. Um, okay, let's see. We're on. Feel free to send them to me. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. That's a good one. Um, okay, I think we're on question number four here. What's your favorite pregame meal? Ooh, favorite pregame meal, probably something very, very, very plain. I'm a really picky eater. <laughs> Um, so in Spain, I would like, if I would make food on my own, I would make literally like a lunch meat, like a turkey sandwich with like just turkey and cheese. And then I would eat like an apple with it. <laughs> okay, nice. But Got it. Keep it I simple. That, when I ate that, it was game time and I know I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. That means it's game time. If I have a turkey sandwich and an apple, it's, it's time to play. Puts you in the mindset. All right. I like it. Um, last question in the rapid fire five questions here. So, um, you know, 
say uh, you could have met this person or not, but who is an inspirational coach that you look up to? Inspirational coach? Um, man, when I was a kid, I really, really wanted to go to Duke. Um, uh-huh. I'd probably have to say I'd love to get to meet, like, Krzyzewski at some point yeah. because, you know, just the level of, I don't know, prestige around the whole program. And um, I like a lot of stuff just even that I've seen on social media or seen online. He seems like a very uh, – a great mix between a, a commander and a player's coach and, like, a coach who's who's in charge. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, in my opinion, that's the best. That's the best mix you can have because guys that err too much on the player side, you know, they don't have that control, and guys that have too much control and you know don't listen to anybody ever, you know, guys sometimes have a hard time playing for them. But I think from stuff I've seen, he has like the greatest mix of both of those, and I think that's something that has led to that, you know, long, 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 you know, success for them. But that was always. That was like my first favorite school when I was a kid, and I just remember I always wanted to play for Shashevsky at Duke. Yeah, Coach K is a legend for sure. Um, all right, well, Nick, we want to thank you so much for talking with us today. For anybody listening, suppose they want to reach out to you, they want to get in touch, maybe ask any questions. How can somebody get in touch with you? Um, probably best way would probably be on on Twitter or maybe Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just type in, you know, type in Nick Novak in the search, I should come up. Uh, if you wanted to find my handle, it's at Nikki, N-I-C-K-Y underscore Nov, N-O-V, one, at Nikki Nov, one. Okay, great. Um, for everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And if you did, please leave a rating and a review for the podcast. Even if you didn't enjoy it, please leave a rating and a review. It helps our podcast get noticed. Um, and it moves us up on these lists. And also, if you haven't already, please download the free Hustle app. You'll get the best content for players and coaches out there. For Matt Michaud, CEO and founder of Hustle, I'm Craig Mushino, and we'll see you next time.